John likes second, lives in Indiana, you know. Kevin likes the Dodgers and talks on the radio. John plays games on Xbox and on his Nintendo. While Kevin runs around LA with his mustachio, it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. In your ear holes at last. They don't know their Mars from Venus, that's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. Merry Christmas, John. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Kevin, and happy uh, Christmas Hanukkah. Thank you. I knew I could count on you for that. Be all inclusive. Um, we got the Christmas theme song, which I I, I, I mentioned to you just before uh, we went on, but um, I had forgotten about it. You had forgotten about it, and I was like, "Yes, I, all I did is add jingle bells, basically." Right. But this is our holiday episode, it our uh, our yeah. Christmas episode, our holiday episode, all of the above. John and I just did a fun little pre-show that we we should just plug right off the bat. That if you're if you're not already a Patreon a patron, that's the place to hear it because I think it was one of our yeah. better ones. Uh, we talked about Christmas traditions, but uh, yeah, it is early December as we're recording this, and there are a, a few weeks until Christmas. But let's do a let's do a, a gauge on where like I am totally in the in the holiday spirit like i started the day after christmas with my um t-shirt countdown that we were just talking about i'm wearing a different you mean the day after thanksgiving yeah sorry the day after thanksgiving um i started wearing a different christmas t-shirt every day and doing that up through christmas i've been watching nothing but christmas movies like on loop um where are you at in terms of the holiday spirit are you there i listened to christmas music a little bit you know when we were setting up the tree and stuff um apple music had the like they've got this apple apple music tv that's separate from Apple TV. And it's just like, it just, they just play music videos all day. Yep. I know what you're talking and about. And so yep. like that weekend after Thanksgiving, they had to be Christmas music. Was it, so was there new stuff too? Yeah. Um, and there, there were old songs that like they, someone had created cartoons for. It was just a bunch of different holiday music videos. Yeah. I mean, it's the time of year where all the Christmas covers, new ones come out and everything. So, yep. By the way, that reminds me. Um, okay. So, so, in terms of this episode, and I'll get to this point, John is mm-hmm. quizzing me on Christmas music, and I am quizzing John on Christmas movies. And so I was going to ask you if you have favorite Christmas movie, favorite Christmas song, and I'll just quickly share that one of my favorite Christmas songs is Last Christmas by Wham, and uh, Jimmy World does a great cover of it. And uh, and the Backstreet Boys, because you, you just mentioned all the artists are releasing new songs. Backstreet Boys released a version of Last Christmas that is pretty good. <laughs> I'm kind of into it. So uh, so just wanted to share that fact. Do you, wh- where where are you at in terms of Christmas movies, Christmas music? I I think it was the Aquabats last year created cre- or uh, released the uh, Christmas album that was pretty good. Yep, they've um, got some great. That's right. I got to go back and listen to that. They have a really yeah. great one, like Christmas party or something like that. I love it. But, uh, but I, I was looking through to see what what new stuff has come out offspring just re- they released a cover of bells will be ringing oh that is going to sound that, yeah. so good by them old crow medicine show has one called trim this tree nice okay and then christmas movies i mean do you do you watch a lot of christmas movies do you have a favorite a standout what what, what is your christmas uh, movie experience you know having grown up in the midwest i don't know how many times i've seen a christmas story okay good <laughs> i it I think it's overblown. Yeah. Like once every few years yeah. is, you know, okay. But every year for 24 hours, you know, or more a day. Yeah. That, that's but it's I mean, a lot. It, it, it is. I haven't watched the new one that came out yet. I did. Is it any good? I, is it worth it? Yes. If you're considering that you just said that it was probably your favorite Christmas movie, even though it's overblown or, or at least I never it's a said movie. it was. 
you've, it's a movie you've seen a lot and you yes. know well. I think you'll have a good appreciation for this movie because okay. they do tie it back to the to the right. original in a good way. And it's yeah, starring I mean, I it's got, Ralphie, yeah, it's got Peter, Peter Billingsley. Yeah. You know, I always enjoyed the Santa Claus movies. Yes, me too. And I haven't watched... I, I, I have. I want to watch the show, <laughs> but I'm not a big Tim Allen fan now. Okay. I have the same dilemma. From, and, and so I haven't gotten myself to watch it yet. Yeah. This is the um, dilemma I ran into and and one that I think a lot of us face just throughout the year of like when we hear something about a celebrity that doesn't necessarily right. line up with our political beliefs it can be it can be difficult and I think that's I think you and I are kind of yeah. in the same boat as far as Tim Allen goes what is funny and I won't spoil anything that happens in the new Santa Claus TV show it's called the Santa Clauses he sort of plays that version of him, but it kind of comes off as curmudgeon old man, you know? So uh, it's, it, it's almost like he's, you know, laughing at his him, himself, but I think it also gives him an outlet to express some of these. It, right. it doesn't get political by any means, but it, but you know, it's, uh, his frustrations. Yeah. But I, 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 the, I am happy to see that Bernard is back. Y- yes. Yes. It is. I'm enjoying it way more than I expected to. And I also it also made me realize how much I do like the movie The Santa Claus and how mm-hmm. big a movie that was as part of my childhood because it it, oh, yeah. it does make me feel like oh my god it's connecting to everything that happened to me as a child with movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I mean that that one's probably up there. Um I have a feeling whenever when I get around to watching the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special I will enjoy that. No surprise here. I watched it already. <laughs> I have been tearing through Christmas media. I also just finished Spirited, which is on Apple TV Plus, which I just got a subscription haven't, to. We haven't watched that yet. I, I won't. I won't say too much about it, other than I mean, I, it looks I, fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, look, it's a musical, and I'm not usually that into musicals, and it definitely had the feel of a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I won't. I won't say too much, other than. I really, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. But I'm, I'm also, anyone listening to me right now should take everything I'm saying with a little bit of a grain of salt because I'm pretty much prone to like anything Christmas related, even the worst Christmas movie. (laughs) I'm probably going to be like, oh, I love that just because it put me in the Christmas place. But, But you, but you know, you know what my favorite one is. I do. And it's not, hang on, because we probably talked about it last year, right? Uh, multiple times. And I guarantee right when you say it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, duh. Um, oh, yeah, duh. Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, okay. We're all we're all on board. And in fact, you know what's so funny is I l- deliberately didn't do a question about Ernest Saves Christmas because we have covered Ernest plenty. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if I only have five questions to work with, let me do something that we haven't touched yet. So that's, right. yeah, duh, yeah. Ernest Saves Christmas is number one. And and my, my I don't know if it's been as clear, but uh, do you know what my favorite Christmas movie is? What I probably would choose? There's, there's probably two that I would really choose. Die Hard? No, I've never I've actually never seen Die Hard. Um, what? I know, I know. I, ha- I actually have it on my list for this year. I do. But it's kind of, in the, kind of in the same vein. I'd say it's kind of in the same vein because it's debated whether it's a Christmas movie or not. Uh, Frozen. No, but that is debated and it's not a Christmas movie at all. Let me just tell you. Yeah. Gremlins. Ah, uh, yes, Gremlins. Gremlins. Gremlins and a Muppet Christmas Carol are probably my two most heartfelt Christmas movies. So I do like the the Patrick Stewart version of of uh, Christmas Carol. Oh yes, That's yes, uh huh. It it is. I saw that for the first time last year. I saw parts of it. I was like, wow, he's very convincing in this. Oh, and the other movie that I just saw is I did see Violent Night in theaters, uh, which is the new one with David Harbor, who is is that any good? Hopper. 
from Stranger Things. It is about what I expected it to be. It's very violent. It's very campy. Um, I think David Harbour is is fantastic in it. He plays such a good Santa Claus because uh, this isn't a spoiler. He he is he's Santa Claus. So he's got he's mm-hmm. loving and caring towards especially children, and that comes across. In, and e- even though he's doing all these violent acts, they're they're justified in a way to save a young right. person. So it's if you like over the top gore, you're gonna love it. And if you don't, so then this it's is, not. This is more like cheesy action movie, not yeah cheesy horror Christmas. They almost like yeah exactly Krampus. yeah. It's much more much more of an action. Yeah, it's not like Krampus. Okay. Um, it's not scary. It's just yeah, it's like actiony. It's probably more in the Die Hard realm. But just expect okay. to see a lot of gore. But but it's but again, it's pretty funny. Like there were some pretty laugh out loud. Like wow, who thought of that moments? Yeah, I, I heard it described as a comedy of sorts. So yeah, it would. I would. I would say it was more funny than anything else. Uh, I overall, I enjoyed it because again, it was because it was set with a Christmas backdrop. I mean, even the in the first like two or three minutes, you're it, there. It starts off with a hilarious scene. You know, like it's right. it's. A comedy more than anything else for sure so I, I would i'd recommend it if you're into if you're if you like the the action and the violence so okay all right so we we just covered a whole lot of ground uh in terms of christmas so i'm gonna vote i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest that we just go straight into quiz time so we can keep the christmas party rolling how do you feel about that john sounds good. here we go it's time to take a quiz or two like a genius podcast doing this for you you may fail but it ain't no Quiz to be tough. I just want to pass one because I failed enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby. It's quiz time. Okay, straight into quiz time, John. Here we go. Um, I am quizzing you on Christmas movies. You are quizzing me on Christmas songs. Is there, I know we just spent a lot of time talking about Christmas stuff, but is there anything you need to preface me on in terms of the, the quiz before, uh, before I ask you the first question? I don't think so. All right, then I can I can do it. Let's get let's just hop into Christmas movies, shall we? Sounds good. Um, so I'm starting with a very specific question about a very specific film uh, called "It's a Wonderful Life" because I think most people, in fact, many of the lists that I looked at as I did this research, they consistently list "It's a Wonderful Life" as the greatest Christmas movie is all, mm-hmm. at all, of all time. You know, there's no one definitive list, but I think that's the one that comes to mind for most people and is on most lists. So this is a, as I was reading about It's a Wonderful Life, I loved this little fact. And so I made it a question. Here we go. So in It's a Wonderful Life, um, they were one of the first films to use chemical snow or artificial, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. other films used artificial snow, but they used this chemical concoction. It was um, the film company called RKO Studios. They were the ones who developed this new chemical snow what would had been used prior to that was untoasted cornflakes. That was okay. what most films used for snow. That was the popular method. So why did It's a Wonderful Life move away from the untoasted cornflake method? What was the reason for it? Okay. Is it A, because it was attracting too many pests onto set? B, it made too loud of a sound when it was stepped on? C, the smell became bothersome, or D, too many crew members were skipping breakfast before shoots knowing they had free cereal ready to go at all times. What do you think, John? Why did they move to unto- why did they move away from untoasted cornflakes? I'm guessing it had to do with sound. Okay, so the that would be choice B where I said it made too loud of a sound when stepped yeah. on. You you thinking that's it? 
I, th- I think that's it because it's a wonderful life was fairly early on in audio with movies, you know, not, not the first by any means, but you know, they were trying probably still kind of, you know, they may have used the cornflakes for silent movies. And so when talkies came out, so that's, that's what I'm thinking. So you're going to choose it then you're choosing B. It was, it made too loud of a sound when stepped on. Yep. John, you got it, man. Well done. I didn't even think about the idea Yay. of like they were mostly silent films up to that point. So it was kind of a new thing coming on people's radar. And what kept happening is in these movies that were taking place in winter, the actors would step on the cornflakes, it would crunch, and then they'd have to then redub the dialogue mm-hmm. in post production and it just became a hassle. So this now eliminated that. Um, yeah, RKA Studios head of special effects, Russell Shearman, developed a new compound using water soap flakes, fomite, and sugar to create chemical snow. So they were the first to do it, and it kind of became a um, the, the way to do it moving forward. I, mean, I don't know if they used that specific compound. Right. Um, but yeah, It's a Wonderful Life, one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. By the way, the only Oscar that it won in 1946 was for Technical Achievement, award for the development of a new method of simulating falling snow on motion picture sets. That's the main reason it won. But there you go. New snow putting uh, putting its wonderful life on the map. Amongst other things. Amongst many, many, many other things. Yeah. Yeah. But good job, John. One for one. Yeah. So let's see here. So, and, and Kevin, I know you know this from working in the radio industry and everything. It's hard to find like top selling, you know, most listened to. Yeah. There's a lot of different information. There so, is. Keep that in mind with some of these questions if it, it, that seems kind of odd. Um, and that's largely because like streaming has changed right. the way that record sales go. And yeah. they, music that comes out today can't be held to the same barometer as in 1984. You know, it's just right. different, different ways that music is sold to people. So, yeah. So, this first question is based off of um, Nielsen's uh, SoundScan, which started tracking data in 2003. Okay. And I guess this information is was last updated on Wikipedia as of 2016. So it's a little okay. bit out of date, but at the same time, I'm guessing it probably hasn't changed much. Pretty general idea, yeah. Uh-huh. So we all know, I mean, you can all guess what the number one song is. Yeah, Mariah Carey, right? Right. All <laughs> I Want for Christmas is You. Uh-huh. With 3.2 million downloads. So the question here is, what is number two? Whoo, I like it. Do you want to build a snowman? Okay. From Frozen, which I know we kind of talked about is debatable as to whether or not it's a Christmas. Yeah. But it, it gets played and, during and this, Christmas season. Yes. Yep. yep. Yes. Um, which, if you ever want to hear a funny version of that song, there's one out there where they just bleep out the word build. <laughs> it's like uh, Jimmy Kimmel's unnecessary weekend or weekend unnecessary spe- censorship, right? Right. That's pretty yeah. funny. Your second option is Christmas Eve slash Sarajevo, which is Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yes. Technically, it was under another band name, but all that entire band is now in Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That's such a good song, too. Uh, the song Mistletoe uh, by Justin Bieber oh. or Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Wow, these are good. Oh, man, that's going to be hard. By the way, I had an epiphany the other day with um, All I Want for Christmas is You. You don't have to change the words to it, but if you imagine that Mariah Carey is singing about ham, it makes the song (laughs) a hundred times more entertaining. So I highly suggest that. Okay, so second on the list, and we got either Want to Build a Snowman. That was a second choice. What was the first choice again? 
Okay. Uh, that, no, that, that was the first choice. Do you want to build a snowman? Uh, the, the Christmas Eve okay. slash Sarajevo uh, by Trans Siberian Orchestra, uh-huh. Mistletoe by Justin Bieber, or Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. All right. I think I'm going to eliminate the last two. I don't think Bieber's, I know that he had a, a, some pretty successful selling Christmas things, but I don't think that's number two. I don't think Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, even though I love that song, is up there. So I, I do think it's between the Frozen song and the Sarajevo song. Um, I, I'm so, okay, so the Frozen Frozen is is a huge franchise. And so part of me is like, man, could that be it? But that Trans-Siberian Orchestra one, even though it was a different name, is sneaky popular. And I I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to pick that one just because it's everywhere and it's, it's probably more potentially more global than Frozen. I don't know. I, I'm going to choose B. I'm going to choose the Trans-Siberian Orchestra one. Okay. I got buzzed. All right. All right. How close was I? Was I at least, was I at least close on the second one or no? That was, yeah, that, that was okay. song three. I actually gave you the options in order. No way. That was two, <laughs> three, four, and five. Yeah. Uh, at least I was close. Oh, so the you Frozen are. song. Wow. Yeah. So Do You Want to Build a Snowman is, according to this, the second most listened to. So, yeah. And actually, Trans-Siberian Orchestra is the only one that is in the top 10 twice. Really? Oh, because they have yep. another. What is the other one? Uh, it's just Christmas Canon. Okay. I bet if I heard it, I would know exactly what yeah. it was. But I, 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 when I think about that, I think about like out here, it's Coast 103.5. They play Christmas music year round. Like radio just plays that song like crazy. It's just a, an easy, fun to listen to Christmas song. Um, very interesting, John. You got me. So I'm 0 for 1. You're 1 for 1. Do you have anything else on, on, the, on that for us? Uh, that's it. All right. I'm going to do number two for, uh, for Christmas movies. I feel like you're either going to know this one immediately or you're not. I, I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll read the question and then I'll go into this. Which actor, John, which actor who played an iconic role in another Christmas movie has a cameo in the film Elf? Which actor who played an iconic role in another Christmas movie has a cameo in Elf? Is it Macaulay Culkin, who, of course, was Kevin McAllister in Home Alone? Is it Peter Billingsley, who was Ralphie in A Christmas Story? Is it Tim Allen, who you know, who we were talking about earlier from The Santa Claus? Or is it Johnny Galecki, who is Russ Griswold from Christmas Vacation and also was in Big Bang Theory and has had a a successful career since? Which of those four uh, has a cameo in Elf? It's been a while since I've watched Elf. I, I, I will admit I'm a fan of Will Ferrell. I'm a fan of John Favreau. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of Elf. Uh-huh. I understand. I understand. Um, they they have a beef too, those two, by the way. I, uh, as part of this research, I essentially that's why an Elf 2 hasn't happened. I mean, huh. I think officially it's because Will Ferrell has said only if it's a only if it's a good script and he didn't think the script he saw was good enough. But the, the rumor is that it's because they're beefing and uh, and they both they both have contracts that say they would have to be a part of a sequel. And uh, anyways, but I want to say Johnny Galecki, Russ Griswold from A Christmas Vacation, yeah. Johnny Galecki, mm-hmm. locking it in. Yep, you are incorrect. Uh-huh. Correct answer is Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie from A Christmas Story. So I thought, and I, and I'm glad that I asked this question because. I realize that some things that I've, I, just because I learned them, you know, a couple years back, mm-hmm. I think that they're common knowledge and they're not because um, my brother's fiance, Brooke, actually texted me this fact and she was like, my mind is blown. I'm like, oh yeah, I already knew that. But he plays 
an elf in the North Pole named Ming Ming. He's kind of like the, he's not officially the head elf, but he's, he's, he goes around and he checks in on Will Ferrell and he's like, yeah. Will Ferrell's like, oh, I'm going to be under my quota today, Ming Ming. And he's like, well, how many did you make? And he's only made 85 and he's supposed to have a thousand. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that is, that is Peter Billingsley. And, and in terms of your assessment of Elf, I think that's fair. I, I remember when I first saw Elf, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I never thought it would become the every year Christmas movie that it is. I mean, right. it is consistently on lists of the top five Christmas movies of all time now. And, well, I, and I, mean, I am. It, John Favreau is good at doing that, though. Yes. Because he did that yes. with Elf. He did that with the first Iron Man. I mean, he kind of did it again with the, the Jungle Book movie. There's a great series on Netflix called How It's Made, Movies How It's mm-hmm. Made. This is where I, this is where I learned, first learned that fact. And there's a lot of really good facts. But one of the things that that little document, it's a little short. 30, 20 minute documentary about how Elf was made. One of the things they kept pressing home is that John Favreau's goal in this was to make a Christmas classic that you could mm-hmm. watch every year. And I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have that dream when they make a Christmas movie, but he very much knew what he wanted to make and every decision that he made was had to do with that. In fact, one of the things I also learned from that is that um, it was originally a, a much more raunchy uh, script. It was more of an adult movie, kind of in the bad Santa realm. And uh, Chris Farley was was initially written. I mean, he had passed away by the time it actually got made. Right. But in the early '90s, when they were first trying to make it, they thought it would be a Chris Farley kind of film. And so they just they kept some things from the script, but they and it's funny because when you watch it with that knowledge, you can kind of see like. What, there's what certain scenes that they Farley. left in and like, oh, if they had just gone further with that, you know, uh, th- there's a little bit of edge to it. Um, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting one. But yeah, Peter Billingsley, look out for him if you didn't already know that um, in Elf. And also you can see him in the new A Christmas Story Christmas, which I think we talked about that in the pre-show, but um, it's a it's a, a continuation of the Christmas story. Ralphie is an adult now and has kids of his own. And it's, mm-hmm. if you go into it with very mild, uh, mild to low expectations, you're going to enjoy it. It's, it's, it is sweet. It has a lot of heart. It's a little bit like, uh, but uh, I enjoyed it. So there's there's my sort of recommendation. Cool. Okay, you ready for number two? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for number two. I'm I'm zero for one. You're one for two. Yep. So I, I took a look at that list, and it happened to have uh, years songs were released. Oh, okay. Um, so I decided let's just go with the oldest song from the top ten. Okay. Jingle Bell Rock. What year was that song released? Oh, Jingle Ball Rock is the oldest one. Okay. Uh-huh. 1957, 1960, 1967, or 1970? Wow. Read those four choices one more time for me. 1957, 1960, 1967, 1970. Man, because it's got that, it's got that oldies rock sound to it, which is great. It's such a it's such a good wait. So I already is it jingle it's jingle bell rock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do love Jingle Bell Rock. My goodness. I think ugh. I mean it's the classic one from you know Home Alone where yep. he set everything up to have the party and Michael Jordan's on the train, cardboard cutout mm-hmm. of Michael Jordan's going around and he's dancing with the guys. Yeah. Um I'm tempted to choose one of the two middle ones, although a lot of times our our strategy is opposite, where we either choose the highest or the lowest of something. For some reason, 60s is what came to mind immediately. Now, 1957 is just three years before the 60s. I'm going with 1960. I'm, t- I'm saying it's slightly earlier in the 60s. I'm saying 1960, that song came out. Over two. 1957. It was the earliest. Uh, wow. And actually, no, I'm, I might be, I might have 
gotten songs mixed up because the other, the second oldest song is Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, which was 1958. I think that was actually the one that was used in Home Alone. <laughs> no, I can't confirm nor deny because now I, I can hear both two. fitting because they, they are both very similar songs and they came out around similar times. Yeah. And I think they're both used. I think they are too. Uh, so the scene weird, I, and I hope there are people at home yelling right now, yeah. like it's this one, but um, how do I Google this? Home Alone um, dance <laughs> scene. T- t- oh, tell you dance, what, Kevin, we'll, we'll dance, leave this as a uh, tidy up for next uh, time. Okay, we're going to have to leave it for a tidy up or we'll come back. I, we're probably leaving the entire audience frustrated, but you know, it's what we got to do. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Well, so so Jingle Bell Rock is the oldest in 57, but Rocking mm-hmm. Around the Christmas Tree was what year? 1958. Oh, only by one year. So similar. Okay, very nice. That's a great. That's a great little nugget of of info, though. That I hope uh, our audience can share around the Christmas table this year. Mm-hmm. Here's our next question. Because I did call this a holiday quiz, I wanted to make sure that we included something that wasn't Christmas. And I got to thinking about Hanukkah movies and how there really aren't very many. And before I, I don't go down a list naming any that come to mind, because this is going to be part of the question here. <laughs> but I went and I looked into Hanukkah movies. And I have a list of four movies here. Which okay. of the following four movies is not the title of an actual Hanukkah-themed movie? Basically, one of these I made up, right? The other three are actual Hanukkah movies. Which one is not an actual Hanukkah movie? Is it A, Mistletoe and Menorahs? B, Eight Crazy Nights? C, The Hebrew Hammer? Or D, From the Dreidel to the Grave? Which one is not a Hanukkah-themed movie? It's either A or D. A is mistletoe and menorahs. D is from the dreidel to the grave. Does that mean you have heard of the other two? Yes, I have. You know, Eight Crazy Nights is Adam Sandler's cartoon movie about Hanukkah. Uh, and the Hebrew Hammer was, it was on, I think it came out on Comedy Central, maybe. Like, it was just a stupid stereotype comedy thing. Yeah, without uh, revealing that that you're correct, you are correct. I can't believe you've heard of it. I had never heard of the Hebrew yeah, Hammer. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, you know, like how you know you had the black exploitation movies like Foxy Brown and stuff like that. Yes, it, it's kind of like that. In fact, I was going to save this for after the question, but since we've already revealed it, it's uh, it's starring Adam Goldberg, who if That's you don't know that name, yeah. you would recognize him. But also Andy Dick is in, in it, playing Santa Claus's son, and it's about a private yeah. detective who is quote part man, part street, 100% kosher. And his mission is to save Hanukkah from Santa Claus's evil son played by Andy Dick. And it actually, it looks over the top and silly, but I do oh, kind of want to watch it. Yeah. yeah, it's over the top. You know, it might not be kosher now. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, I'm just going to go with D uh, from the dreidel to the grave. Jadle to the grave. I'm glad you remembered the title of it. John, you are absolutely correct. Well done. I made that one up. I just looked for something that rhymed with, uh, what was I looking for from the dreidel? Oh, I was looking for something that rhymes with cradle. And I was like, what's a popular saying that rhymes with, with, with dreidel? So anyways, yeah, I totally made that up. Mistletoe and menorahs sounds like something I would make up though, but that is a real movie about a man and a woman who make a deal to learn each other's holiday traditions and they realize they have a lot more in common and they fall in love. So that was from 2019. You're right. Eight Crazy Nights is Adam Sandler's. That's one I haven't seen and I do want to watch this year because I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. Pretty decent movie. Yeah, I feel like I've seen clips of it and it was funnier than I thought. And also, if I recall, because I had a few um, Adam Sandler uh, comedy CDs, comedy albums, Mm And I think there's an old, there's a character of like an old man who's a referee who who makes an yeah. appearance in that movie or something. So that looked kind of cool. 
Um, but great job, John. Look at you on a roll with these cra- two for three to start, and I'm over two, so I got some work no, to do. I'm, I'm three for three. Did no, you missed. Uh, you guessed Johnny Galecki when it was uh, Peter Billingsley. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, two for three. Yeah, two for three, and I'm over two. So I got a true or false for you. Okay. Oh, I didn't even give you a true or false, so I apologize. I, well, then that's fine because I, I'm giving you two this. Oh my god, you're making up for it. <laughs> was Otanenbaum originally about Christmas trees? Wow. Okay. Well, because because I know that song is Oh Christmas Tree, I know it's O Tannenbaum. And the obvious thing would be to be like, it's gotta be about Christmas trees. I'm get, I'm just not even gonna overthink this and it's got it's gotta be false because I would think the first thing I would th- but I have no idea what it would otherwise be about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna choose false that it was not originally about Christmas trees. You are all right. Correct. So in, in enlighten me. What is it? I would have thought it was only about Christmas trees. So the English versions years later, you know, it's a Christmas tree. But Tannenbaum is technically the type of fir tree. You know, it's a it's a pine tree, a specific type. But the lyrics, the original lyrics never actually talk about Christmas or even holidays. It's just talking about how it's just talking about the tree, how faithful it can be and was used as a symbol of constancy, like consistency and faithfulness. Oh. I love um, it. So the loose English translation of it is O Tannenbaum, O Tannenbaum. So referring to the actual tree, how faithfully you blossom through summer's heat and winter's chill. Your leaves are green and blooming still. O Tannenbaum, O Tannenbaum, how faithfully you blossom. So it's almost in some ways like could be a year round song just about just uh, the, the theme is yeah. consistency, reliability, kind of always being present in in one's life. But because this tree is a type of tree that got used for Christmas, it sounds like over the years it turned into just, we're singing about a Christmas tree specifically. Right. Well, now we know. Now when we, we sing, because I, you know, I sing my Christmas tree goodnight every night by singing an Tannenbaum, and now I will know the true meaning behind it. And I, I, will, I will share a funny story about that song. Uh-huh. Um, I, I mainly know Tannenbaum from, you know, the, the Snoopy yeah. Christmas, you know, because it gets sung during that. And so I, I knew that it was O Tannenbaum and I knew it was German. Uh, apparently, I didn't know that Tannenbaum did not mean Christmas tree, but I, I know that now. Now you do. But my, my first roommate at Manchester, though, thought they were saying O Time Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Time Bomb. Oh, Time Bomb. Mm-hmm. It's like a Rancid song. Uh, you know, because Rancid does a song called Time Bomb. I would love to hear Rancid do a Christmas song and I would love it to be O'Tannenbaum and they just do that. It might be too obvious though. Oh, yeah. fun times, John. Thanks for enlightening us about O'Tannenbaum. Um, I feel like we're, we're, what, we're, we're three questions in each. There's two more, but I feel like we're, I'm learning a lot. I feel like we're dropping yeah. a lot of, a lot of little Christmas knowledge bombs. Number four. Okay. Here's what I had to do because I was looking for uh, the top Christmas villains of all time. And there are so many lists out there and some of mm-hmm. them are, produced by votes by like readers of this whatever the source was and some of them are just the opinion of the person who wrote the article and so i could not find a good way to base it so what i did is when i googled the word i looked for christmas movie villains ranked that's what i googled i took the list i assigned point values to each list i put eight lists together and i was very scientific about it and i now have the official top 10 list of the top Christmas villains of all time. Okay, so that's how look, I did this. Look at this. you trying to be all rotten tomato. I know. I, re- I really tried to be very fair and unbiased about this and just take everything that these top sources were giving and putting it into this now conclusive list of what I have is the top 10 
Christmas villains in movies of all time. So which of the following that I'm about to list was not in the top five, okay? One of the, three of these are in the top five, one of them is not. Which one is not in the top five? Is it A, The Grinch, B, Ebenezer Scrooge, C, The Wet slash Sticky Bandits, that's Marv and Harry from uh, Home Alone, or Scut Farkas, who, if you don't know that name, is the bully in A Christmas Story, the little red-headed, freckled kid, Scut Farkas. So again, The Grinch, Ebenezer Scrooge, The Wet Bandits, or Scut Farkas. Which one is not in the top five? I'm going to say The Grinch because I don't, I don't think The Grinch is a bad guy. Interesting. Well, that's a, that's like a whole nother, that's like a whole nother argument. So you think the, and which actually makes perfect sense for what you, because some people may not rank him on their list because he does appear on the list. I'll tell you right now, but you're saying that probably less people put him in the top five because of that. Yeah. Okay. Grinch is incorrect. In fact, it was very close. So Grinch was number five. The one that wasn't in the top five was the wet bandits. They were number six. They were right behind. So, um, yeah, a quick rundown of the top 10. Uh, number 10 was The Gremlins, or Stripe from The Gremlins. Number 9 is Krampus from the movie that came out a few years ago about Krampus. Number 8 is Bumble, who was the abominable snowman in uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 7 is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. 6 is The Wet Bandits. 5 is The Grinch. 4 is kind of surprising to me, Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I guess that makes sense considering how hugely Uh popular that is. Number 3 is Ebenezer Scrooge, any iteration of him. Number 2 is Scut Farkas from A Christmas Story. And number 1, Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life was kind of a unanimous choice by most of these lists. So I had a fun time putting that list together and and I I hope my work is appreciated. Okay, next one. And you've got what? You got one right so far? Yeah, I'm one for three. You're two for four. Yeah. Good King Wenceslas is based on the 13th century tune of Tempus Edist Floridum, which is a carol for what season? Spring, winter, summer, or fall? Oh, beautiful. Wow. I say, I say Wenceslas. Why do I say jolly old King Wenceslas? But my guess would be spring. And in fact, I just recently learned Persia, about Persian New Year and Persian New Year is celebrated on the first day of spring, which makes a whole lot more sense when you think about calendars. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. because it has the word florist in it, and I'm thinking about the blooming of flowers, I'm going to say spring. Yay, I got it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Fun fact. You, you, yeah, you, you, you actually evidently know a little bit of Latin. Yeah. <laughs> so Tempus Edist Floridum uh, basically translates to Easter time has come. And so, yeah, it was just a carol from the 13th century that someone took and added the lyrics talking about uh, King Wenceslas, who was a real person. Okay. Um, so it's a historical thing. He was known for um, basically giving of himself as a king from Bohemia. So, so it's not a Christmas carol. It's an Easter carol is what we've just learned, right? Well, no, it, 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 it's <laughs> a Christmas carol based off of a Easter carol. I love it. Well, let's just sing it for Christmas and for Easter moving forward is, I think, the fair way to do it. All right. So. You ready for the last one? We, we got it? Yep. Number five. Uh, we're both two for four going into the last one. So uh, let's see how this turns out. Which of the following actors has never portrayed Ebenezer Scrooge in film? Who has never portrayed Ebenezer Scrooge in film? Is it A, Patrick Stewart, B, Kelsey Grammer, C, Jim Carrey, D, Clint Eastwood? who has never portrayed Ebenezer Scrooge in film. I know you know one of those for sure. 
Right. I know Patrick Stewart. It was Jim Carrey. And what were the other two? Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer, Grammer, Jim Carrey, or Clint Eastwood? I know Kelsey Grammer has. Okay. I'm going to go with Clint Eastwood. Between Jim Carrey and Clint Eastwood, and you're choosing Clint mm-hmm. Eastwood. You locking it in? Mm-hmm. You got it, John. Make it putting the pressure on me for the last one. Yeah, uh, I didn't know about Kelsey Grammer. That was a 2004 made-for-TV Christmas yeah, movie. I remembered that. I didn't remember Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it. Jane Krakowski, Jason Alexander. I kind of want to watch it now. Patrick Stewart, we know, was in the '99 version. Um, Jim Carrey played an animated version of Ebenezer Scrooge in a Christmas yeah, that, Carol. That was the one I wasn't too sure on, but yep. And that one gets replayed on like uh, Freeform all the time now. Clint Eastwood, I just was like, who's an old grumpy guy that I could throw in as a choice? <laughs> and Clint Eastwood is the name I came up with. He's never been. Ebenezer Scrooge. So you finished three for five. I'm two for four. We're going to find out if it's a Merry Christmas for both of us or just for John. I go to our last question. So the song White Christmas, written by Irving Berlin, it was originally released in 1942. And it won an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Wow. Uh, for the movie Holiday Inn, you know, performed by Bing Crosby and many others. True or false, Bing Crosby's White Christmas is the number one selling single. Wow. Okay. World. Worldwide, all time, basically? Yep. Because yep. uh, we obviously did the list in the first question where um, where Mariah Carey's uh, All I Want for Christmas is You mm-hmm. is like the most streamed or most highest selling. But of all time, it's what's crazy is I think if there's any song that dethrones it, White Christmas, it would probably be All I Want for Christmas is You or another Bing Crosby one, but I'm going to choose true. I'm just going to say, I'm, I don't, you know, I could go down a number of paths on this, but I'm going to go ahead and say that it's true. All right. It's a Merry Christmas for both of us. So again, this, this, this is based off of pure sales figures. You know, it came out in 1942. It's been credited as having been sold 50 million copies. This is kind of behind when, or before all that really started being documented but get their guess is by 1968 it already sold 30 million um and this is actually uh guinness book of world records put all this information together on it and so they say it sold 100 million in 2009 it is according to different places the biggest selling single worldwide of all time of all time not just christmas yeah of all time that is incredible wow and it is, look, it is a beautiful, it's a beautiful it song and a beautiful version, and it wouldn't be Christmas without it. It really wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's even beating out, you know, Elton John's "Candle in the Wind," which has sold thirty three million. That, by the way, that Elton John song, that was the number one song of the day I was born. I looked at, you know, how like you can take, mm-hmm. you can go and look up that that Elton John candle, Elton John "Candle in the Wind." Fascinating, John. Well. um, it is a Merry Christmas for both of us because we tied three for five. By the way, the Home Alone scene, rocking around the Christmas tree, which I guess if we really think about it makes perfect sense because they're literally rocking around a Christmas mm-hmm. tree, but I wanted to get that tidied up to, right. to give some satisfaction to the listeners at the end. Um, Merry Christmas, John. You did a great job. Merry Christmas I, to you. I feel like I learned a lot and, uh, and, a, and a Merry Christmas to our listeners. Happy holidays. We're so grateful for you listening and we hope that you get some time with loved ones and um, and all the good things that come with this holiday season. And happy Hanukkah and happy Kwanzaa to those that celebrate it. Amen to that. And a Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Something Is that how we sign off, John? Is that how we sign off every episode from now on? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can do that. With the Lack of Genius Podcast in your ear holes at last. 
They don't know they're Mars and Venus, that's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. Oh, time bomb, oh, time bomb.